Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 170. Do you really need a website and WordPress for podcasting? Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting, where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to help you launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. You'll hear a lot of podcasters, both professional podcasters and amateur podcasters, and you'll also hear podcasting professionals like myself, Dave Jackson, Ray Ortega, Cliff Ravenscraft, many other people recommend many different things, and many companies will hold on to these recommendations and pass them along, or there will be certain things that we as podcasters just take for granted that we assume these things to be true, or even going so far as presupposing these things to be true in the podcasting space. So we start to get, I think, a little bit stale in what we're doing and not challenging ourselves to look at new ways of doing things in our podcasting and what new challenges we can rise to in order to make podcasting much better. That's what I'm doing with this new series that I'm starting that will be a a mini series. And I don't know how many episodes this will last. I have enough content for at least 10 episodes, but I welcome your suggestions for additional content that I can cover in this series. And that is challenging podcasting assumptions, because there are so many things that we as podcasters assume this is the way to do it. Well, why do you assume that? Well, it's because so-and-so said so. Okay, why do they assume that? Well, because so-and-so said so. Okay, why do they do that? Well, because so-and-so said so. Okay, why do they do that? And we can go on and on like that. And so often, certain things that we do, just in life even, we'll go back through this chain like this of we're just doing it because someone else said but we've never really questioned it or tried to find a better way of doing this. Sometimes you'll find certain things pointing back to one particular person. Sometimes it's more of a consensus. Sometimes it's just a random idea that comes out. So let's challenge these podcasting assumptions with this series. Now, I have plans for, like I said, at least 10 episodes on this. And if you want to check out the full series as it comes out, you can go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash assumptions. But in the show notes for each episode that I release in this series, there will be a post with an automatically updated list of all of the episodes in that series that use that WordPress tag. That's how I'm collecting this information automatically that will be in the mini series of challenging podcasting assumptions. So this assumption is, do you really need a website, and WordPress for podcasting. I usually recommend self-hosted WordPress for podcasting and doing so from your own website. And many other podcasting professionals recommend this. Many other podcasters do this and recommend this. But is this the best option? Is it truly the best option for running your podcast? And we also have to consider creating your RSS feed. Is this really the best thing for either of these things? And you may be surprised with some of the answers that I'm going to bring you in this episode that it may or may not be the best choice. And what you do and don't 
actually have to do. If you want to follow along with the show notes, they will be at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 170. So first, do you need a website? Well, here's the crazy thing. You don't actually have to have a website to run a podcast. All you need, by technical definition, all you need is an RSS feed that links to media files via the enclosure tag. That says nothing about having a website. Most of the time, an RSS feed is generated by a website, but you could make an RSS feed without a website. You could code it by hand or use some software, and you upload just this XML file, the RSS feed, to somewhere on the web, and as long as that address doesn't change with each episode, you just update that file that's out there somewhere on the web with links to each of your new episodes, that is a podcast feed. So you don't have to have a website for your feed. It could be as simple as that RSS feed. So this means if you have a website that doesn't support podcasting, doesn't support RSS feeds, blogs, or it's just a pain to update the site, you could hand code your RSS feed, upload it to your web server, and you just have a hyperlink or a few hyperlinks on your website for where people can subscribe to that podcast but those podcast episodes are never visible on your website. Yes, you can do that. You don't have to have a website. But I think a very good case can be made for your needing a website for your podcast. Because a podcast website makes so many things so much easier in this whole process of podcasting. It's it's kind of like an online home for your podcast to have a website. Otherwise, you have to tell people, "Oh yeah, find me in iTunes." Wait, I don't I don't use iTunes. I have an Android phone and I use Linux. I don't have I can't get iTunes. Then what do you do? How do you tell someone to get your podcast? Then you have to tell them, "Oh, well, search for me somewhere else." It starts to get really complicated. It's just so much easier if you have this single location that you can point to. So that when people go there, that's where they get links to your podcast in iTunes or other podcast directories. That's where they can also see how they can connect with you and follow you in social media accounts like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, anything like that, anything else. This is also where you can include so much more information about you and your podcast than the directories can even display within their system because of content limits or certain patterns that they must follow. And this is also the place where you can build a platform for so much more from your podcast. Try and sell products if all you have is an RSS feed living out there somewhere on a server. You can't sell products through that RSS feed because you have to point people to a website or you could receive phone calls and handle it that way, but that can have its own complications. So do you have to have a website for your podcast? No. But do you need one? I'd actually say yes, you do need one. So when you have a website, what should be running that website? Does it have to be WordPress? Because that's the solution so many of us podcasters recommend and use. So first, why is WordPress so popular? I did an episode about WordPress and why you should use specifically self-hosted WordPress for powering your podcast website. That was episode 139. But to give you a quick review, here are seven plus one of the items that I shared of why you should use self-hosted WordPress for your podcasting website. Number one, WordPress is free. Number two, WordPress is easy to use. Number three, WordPress gives you freedom and control over your platform. 
Number four, WordPress can be extended with plugins for nearly any functionality you could want. Number five, WordPress is easy to make beautiful with great free and premium themes. And by the way, I recommend the StudioPress themes. I have a link for that in the show notes if you'd like it for episode 170. Number six, WordPress offers great search engine optimization. You can extend that even more with plugins very easily too. Number seven, WordPress is very popular and thus it's very easy to get support from this massive community out there of users and developers working together to make WordPress great. And number eight, WordPress provides a powerful foundation for any kind of website. Do you want to sell products, physical products? Yeah, you can do that. Do you want to sell digital products? You can do that. Do you want to offer a consulting service? Yeah, you can do that. Do you want to just publish content? You can do that. Do you want to have a site that's just about your business? You can do that. Do you, you can do so many things through your website. And that's what's really cool about what Dustin Hartzler does over at Your Website Engineer is he talks about WordPress. And I love his opening that he says, there are so many things you can do with WordPress. I'm going to show you how. Check that out at yourwebsiteengineer.com. He's got a great podcast over there for many different levels of WordPress users. But WordPress is so popular because of all of these things, but primarily numbers one and two being free and easy to use. Those are the things that have made WordPress so popular. There are other platforms that are also popular like Drupal and Joomla, and those are free as well, but they're not as easy to use. And you might be out there shaking your head, yes, and knowing that, yeah, these other platforms are not so easy. I used to use Drupal for one of my sites. It was not very easy to use. But WordPress is so much easier. And that's why WordPress is so popular and why people are using it so much for all of these things. And so it does make podcasting very easy. But before we answer this question of do you have to have Word WordPress for podcasting, let's consider what else there is besides WordPress. You could use almost any self-hosted content management system to generate your podcast's RSS feed. This could be WordPress, but it could also be other popular choices like Drupal or something like that costs like Expression Engine or Joomla, or maybe you want to roll together your own system with Django or PHP or any kind of language out there, Ruby on Rails or anything like that. You could use a content management system like that to create your RSS feed or your podcast RSS feed. It doesn't have to be WordPress. And if you don't want to host your own content management system or a CMS, you could use uh, something like a third-party account instead of starting your own web hosting account with a company like Bluehost or WP Engine or Wiretree or HostGator or any company like that. A third-party solution would be where they are hosting the website, they are generating the stuff, they manage the updates to your site and ensure that you can only do certain functionality or certain use certain features on your site. Some of the most popular of these third-party hosted platforms are Squarespace, Blogger, WordPress.com. Remember, .org is for installing it on your own website like Bluehost, WP Engine, or Wiretree, or Hostime, or anything like that. But WordPress.com is where they host it for you. There's also Tumblr, Libsyn, SoundCloud even somewhat, Podomatic, Podbean, and Blueberry, and many other third-party hosting services. And these come and go constantly, like 
Mevio and Padango and other services that have come and gone. So you can probably understand that maybe a third-party system is not the best idea, but it depends on what kind of company is behind it and what is their business model. How do they plan to keep this going? Do they plan to keep this going? Or do they have some kind of kill date that if they're not profiting by a certain date that they have to cut off this service? So there are many other platforms other than WordPress And many of these can be made to support podcasting or at least give you an RSS feed that you can tweak with certain tools in order to make it support podcasting. So you don't have to use WordPress. But what if your content management system, your CMS, doesn't support podcasting? This could be that maybe you have a really large site that's locked into a particular content management system, and it would be way too expensive to switch your entire site over to WordPress or something else just for the sake of the podcast. That's okay. Maybe it could be that you use a third-party hosting service like Squarespace or Blogger, or maybe you use Drupal or some other content management system, and you can get an RSS feed from whatever service it is. If you want to stay with the service or you're locked in or anything like that, you can at least get an RSS feed. Then you can turn that regular RSS feed into a podcast RSS feed. And this is really the one and only time that I would recommend using FeedBurner because FeedBurner, at least especially with their SmartCast feature, can turn any website RSS feed into a podcast RSS feed. Now, I don't recommend using SmartCast at all if you have WordPress and PowerPress generating your podcast feed or if you're using Libsyn to generate your podcast feed. I recently discovered a and it's pretty significant problem with FeedBurner's SmartCast feature if you're using PowerPress to create your podcasting feed, and especially if you're using Libsyn to create your RSS feed. I need to blog about this. I just discovered it this morning at the time of this recording, so I'll be blogging about this soon. And Libsyn may then implement a feature because of their new Libsyn 4 platform. They may implement a feature that helps overcome this shortcoming. But generally, the idea is if your platform can create a podcast RSS feed, don't use SmartCast. But if you can't create a podcast RSS feed, that is with the iTunes-specific tags, the enclosures, the categories, all of that, the cover art and stuff in your feed, then the next best way to do that is by using FeedBurner's SmartCast feature. And you can learn more about setting that up in episode 53 of the Audacity to Podcast, but I also link to it in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 170. So third-party services and using a service or content management system that doesn't allow you to create a podcast RSS feed are the only two scenarios, or you could even say just one scenario, where I continue to recommend FeedBurner, at least for now. But if your site doesn't generate an RSS feed, like maybe you have a static site, you uploaded it through Dreamweaver or Go Live, maybe your front page, wow, that would be old. Or maybe you're using a service like Weebly that doesn't support RSS feeds, creating RSS feeds. Then what I would consider doing is adding another service that's hosted somewhere else like Libsyn or Blueberry to create your podcast RSS feed so that way you can get in iTunes and the other podcast directories 
and then link to that feed, link to your listing in these different podcast directories from your website. Even if it's a static website and it itself produces no RSS feed, you can at at least link to these other services. Because this is a case where if you, for example, are using Weebly and you cannot at all switch, you're not in a position that you're able to switch now, it doesn't really make sense for you to then create another website that this time is running WordPress to then add another service like media hosting through Libsyn in order to bring all of these things together to create your podcast feed. It's creating too many chains, too many steps that could break or that could confuse you or just complicate your workflow. If you have to use a static website, then simplify this I recommend either Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, or Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y, to use their own third-party hosted service to create your RSS feed for your podcast, because it's very easy with either of those services, and you can then submit that feed to iTunes and link to it from your site. If you want to sign up for either of these services, Libsyn or Blueberry, then use my promo code NOODLE, and you'll get your first month absolutely free of any level of their hosting plans, including stats. So it's an awesome option if you're just starting out that you can try it for free, and it might be a very low-cost option for you instead of redoing your website altogether just in order to create your own RSS feed from your site. So now let's come down to it. What is really the best content management system for podcasting? That depends. Because best is such a relative term that there's really no absolute answer that I can give for this. Yes, I have a top recommendation, but that doesn't mean that will be the best for everyone. There was actually someone recently, I I was a keynote speaker at the Mad Anthony Writers Conference and had a great time over there. The people loved the sessions that I gave. Uh, Huge, huge thanks to uh, Victoria Ryan and Jane Bittinger for inviting me to speak at the conference. I had blast at that. But there was someone who had a one-on-one consulting session with me at, there at the conference. And she was really interested in creating certain content. And she was thinking about making this a podcast. And I actually told her, no, don't make this a podcast. Make this a YouTube series. And I had specific reasons for recommending that she do that instead of making a podcast because of the complications, because of her skills, because of the kind of content she would be producing and the kind of engagement she's looking for and what she wants this content to do for her. So best doesn't mean it applies to everyone. Here are four basic scenarios that each have different answers. If you want to podcast easily and reliably, and you don't care much about customizing your site with features, functionality, and fancy design, although you can do some of that, but it takes a lot more knowledge, then Libsyn is probably the best option for you. And make sure you use that promo code NOODLE to get your first month for free. But if you already have a large site and you can't switch content management systems, or then create a new blog category for your podcast and run that podcast feed through FeedBurner with the SmartCast feature. And that will turn your RSS feed into a podcast RSS feed. If you use a third-party platform like Blogger, Tumblr, or WordPress.com, Squarespace, or anything other than that, then take your RSS feed that the site gives you. Maybe it 
could be a category feed depending on which service you're using, but run that RSS feed through FeedBurner and use the SmartCast feature. And by the way, using FeedBurner with SmartCast in either of these cases, if you have a a content management system that you are locked into or you're using a third-party platform, using FeedBurner will allow you to easily change the source for that RSS feed if you ever do switch out to a different RSS generating system or different content management system. And then lastly, if you want fairly easy, full control over your site, and you're not afraid of getting your hands a little dirty in getting into the site, not necessarily HTML, PHP, JavaScript, anything like that, but just getting into the site and managing some of it yourself, if that doesn't get you afraid and you and you know how to basically enable and disable things in case a problem comes up, then self-hosted WordPress is probably your best solution. But in any case, I do recommend that you do have your own website for your podcast. That is one thing that you don't have to have, but I do think you need. So that's conclusion number one. You don't have to have a website, but I do think you need a website. It's just like a home. You don't have to have a home, but having a home sure makes a lot of things in life a lot easier. Just like you don't have to have a website, but having a website for your podcast makes a lot of things a lot easier. So I say that you need a website for your podcast and that it's something that you should have. But on the side of WordPress, WordPress is generally the most flexible choice for powering your podcast feed and your website, but you don't have to use WordPress for your podcast. Don't feel like this is a burden for you. If you're on a content management system, you can't switch from it or you don't want to switch from it. Don't feel like you absolutely have to. In fact, there are many highly successful podcasters using either their Libsyn RSS feed or something completely different from their site that have not had any problems or have had very few problems and are finding great success with their podcast. Like Leo Laporte, This Week in Tech is powered, at least at this moment, by Drupal. And several of the top comedy podcasters are using their Libsyn RSS feed for their podcast in iTunes, not their WordPress feed. So the answer to this of what's best for you really depends on your situation, your knowledge, your comfort, what you can afford to do, what you want to do with your platform. But do you have to have WordPress? No. Do you need to have WordPress? No. But I do recommend WordPress for some people some of the time, but I can't recommend it to all people at all of the time. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, please go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash 170. And I'd love to hear your feedback on this. What has been your experience with websites and WordPress? And especially, I would love to hear from you. What kind of challenges did you have to overcome in switching if you did make any kind of switch? Please comment on the show notes over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 170. I also want you to be part of this podcasting assumptions mini-series, and I want to know from you what are some of the assumptions that you would like to challenge in this podcasting space. So I've got several topics to address in the upcoming episodes, but I want you to be part of it. I want you to suggest some things as well. So what advice have you heard that you think needs to be questioned? And I'll give you a hint. My own advice is perfectly open 
to challenge and criticism. So if you want to challenge my own advice or someone else's advice, or you're just not sure about something because you hear everybody saying a particular thing, like use the high LPR 40, but you're just not sure, is it really the best option? And sometimes stuff changes. So maybe what was the best option five years ago is no longer the best option or the the thing to do for your podcast. Please email me your feedback by sending it to feedback at the com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221. You can also go out to the website at the com and send a voice message right through the website. That's courtesy of SpeakPipe. And if you'd like to get SpeakPipe for your own site, go to the com slash SpeakPipe. And I want to give a nice nod because this was perfect timing. I've been planning this series for a little while, but I really appreciate what Richard Farrar did over at richardfarrar.com. That's F-A-R-R-A-R. He had a post that he called a quasi-technical analysis of the top podcasts about podcasting. This is where Richard actually went through and looked at with a slightly critical eye, which is very welcome, and he did so very respectfully. It's not that he's attacking us or challenging us or saying we're doing something badly. It's just an analysis of what does Cliff Ravenscraft do from Podcast Answer Man? What does Dave Jackson do from School of Podcasting? What do I do from the Audacity Podcast? And what does Ray Ortega do from the Podcaster Studio? So he did stuff like comparing our media files comparing our ID3 tags, comparing our volume levels, comparing our frequency response, our waveform, our dynamic range, our loudness, the clipping, and and so many other cool things. So I'll have a link to this in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 170 if you want to check this out. it's I will warn you, it is uber geeky, maybe even nerdy to a degree, but it revealed actually to me a problem that I had in my audio that every now and then my audio would clip very, very rarely. But I wondered, why is that happening? Because I have stuff in place that's supposed to prevent that. Well, I went and checked. I discovered a misplaced decimal in a hard limiter was not uh, turned my audio into something that then was allowed to clip instead of preventing it from clipping. So stuff like this help me to change. And I'm hoping that from this little mini series I do of challenging podcasting assumptions, that there will be things that not only you will find that you will change the way that you do and maybe in favor of a better way that you'll discover, at least be more educated. But I'm also eager to find what things I do that I've just taken for granted and have presupposed that this was the right way to do it and haven't challenged it since then. I'd love your feedback. I'd love your comment on the show notes. Please go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash 170 to leave a comment and get all of these links and show notes that I've mentioned. I have three cool announcements for you. Number one, WordPress 3.9 is now available for upgrading to in your WordPress dashboard. I haven't noticed any problems so far except a couple plugins here and there that add a button to your WordPress editor may not work until they're updated because TinyMCE, the little plugin that makes the bold italics, bullet points, and hyperlinks, those buttons in your WordPress updater, TinyMCE was updated for WordPress 3.9. So that could break certain buttons, but the functionality is still there on all of these plugins that I've seen so far. 
But WordPress 3.9 has some cool features like playlists. Just think about how that could apply to podcasters to have a playlist on your site, an automatically updating playlist. Hmm. But WordPress 3.9 also has easier image insertions. Like you don't have to click the add media button anymore. You can just drag your image onto the post editor, but it's also much easier to edit your images inside of WordPress and faster too. There are a lot of other new things about WordPress 3.9, but I'm already running it and I haven't noticed any major problems yet. And I like these new improvements. Announcement number two, my secret RPM thing that I'm doing for podcasting will launch in May. I've been talking with the developers and it looks like we're going to have a May launch date, probably May 1st. But if you want to hear what this service actually is, then I'm not going to tell you right now. I'll tell you next week. But if you want to hear about it even earlier than that, then go listen to the April 23rd episode of Entrepreneur on Fire. That will be at eofire.com slash Daniel J. Lewis. John Lee Dumas interviewed me there recently, and we had a great time. I really enjoyed talking with him, and we shared some great content, both a little bit of back and forth conversation on some points. And in that episode, I announced RPM. So this new top secret service that I've been developing for a few months now and have had the idea for a couple of years, but only recently started developing, I announce it in that episode. So if you want to find out what it is, go there or wait until next week when I tell you about it and I'll be launching it very, very soon. Third announcement, Pottertainment Magazine issue two is now available and it's got some great content in it. Like Dave Jackson talks about how you can get the the benefit, like the FeedBurner redirect your feed benefit without using FeedBurner. There are also great articles in there from Todd Cochran and Rob Walsh about the podcasting industry. There's a great article in there about Patreon. Patreon is an awesome service. I've started playing with it on two of my podcasts, The Ramen Noodle, Clean Comedy Podcast, and Once Podcast. If you go to patreon.com slash the ramen noodle and patreon.com slash once podcast, you can check out what I'm doing over there as I develop that and try out that service. And then I have an article in Pottertainment Magazine about how your podcast episode titles matter and how to make them better for improving your podcast. So you can check that out by getting the link to that in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 170, as well as all of these other links, or just jump straight to Pottertainment Magazine in the iOS store by going to theaudacitypodcast.com slash magazine. I'd love to have your feedback as I continue this series of challenging podcasting assumptions. Please email feedback at theaudacitytopodcast.com. Now, if anything I said in this episode has already challenged you and you're thinking, I want to switch to WordPress or I want to get my podcasting feed working better or I want to fix this problem that I have with my podcast, I can do that for you. I'd love to help you launch or improve your own podcast. Just email feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com and we can work out how I can help you. And now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the audacity to podcast.com. Thank you for listening.
The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com. And did you know that all of the shows on the Tech Podcast Network are family-friendly? Just like on Noodle Mix Network, too. So check it out at techpodcasts.com.